0: Sometimes food is more than just food. It's a part of our community. So this year, Discover is giving $5 million to support Black-owned restaurants to places like Rodney Scott's Barbecue, Post Office Pies, and hundreds more. Learn how you can show your support at discover.com. This episode of Higher Learning is brought to you by Different an oil-free acne treatment designed to clear the acne you have and stop new acne in its tracks. That's because it has the number one prescription strength, retinoid. Do things different. Learn more and redeem a special offer at differin.com slash learning. That's D-I-F-F-E-R-I-N dot com slash higherlearning. All one word.
1: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. Welcome to Higher Learning. I am Van Lathan.
0: And I am Rachel Lindsay.
1: Rachel, where are you coming from today? I am like, coming
0: from the West Coast, doing the show the way it was meant to be done originally. Both of us here in Los Angeles, we are not together. I might add. Yeah. yeah. Um. You did that last week. Okay, we didn't. We didn't do that this week. You podcasted last week with people in person.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last week we didn't I do went that, to that this my friend, week. My friend's house. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: But can I can I just say that we didn't do that this week? even though I tried to make that happen. So Thought Warriors, I need you guys to listen up, turn up your volume. It has been a defining moment in my friendship with Van Latham. And let me tell you why. Yesterday, I came into LA. I'm coming to LA. I'm here because I'm trying to set up my apartment. And I had some struggles with my internet services. And so I messaged Van, who I used to call a friend and said, hey, you know, I'm struggling with my internet. Um... Afraid of what the the podcast might be tomorrow. You know, could you open up your doors for me and let me come and podcast with you? Do you guys know what his response was? Pure silence. Hmm. Nothing. Not Hmm. not a response, nothing. Until I said, never mind, I figured it out. And then he was like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, my bad, I didn't see that. Hmm. I said, it's okay, Van, this was a test of our friendship, and you let me know exactly where it is that we stand.
1: Yeah, well, could you even actua-
0: open your doors for me?
1: Well, like what actually happened yesterday was uh, I actually had one of my uncles pass away. And I'm so sorry. Made it up. I just wanted to tap you. Just wanted to tap your jaw. Just wanted to tap your jaw. <laughs> just wanted to tap your jaw real quick. Just, no, that didn't happen. Knock on wood. It. That didn't happen. I literally was no. gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cruel. again again we are friends you would never oh my god
1: didn't happen oh. didn't happen I really didn't see it and by the time I, I swear I didn't see it because by the time I saw all the messages you were like I don't need it anymore but by the way I just want to say something else this is just another situation with you coming to LA and then not letting anybody know that no, you hit hitting the I coast. No, I did
0: tell you I was coming to LA. You didn't. Like,
1: you did like you coming to LA and not letting anybody know that you that you hitting the coast, man. Like I don't that know why so you do
0: that. I told you I was coming. And this time I even said, hey, maybe we should get together. Mm-hmm. And you let we, me know where we stand.
1: We should do it. No, it's not true. It's not true at all. We should have done it at like Ringer Studios or something like that. Had them set it up. You know, to, what would? Here's the thing. What would make you comfortable with an in-person taping right now? How would things have to be? Real question. How would things have yeah. to be to make you comfortable to, to record uh, I mean, I flew in-person. on a plane.
0: So, you know, mm-hmm. there's that. As long as we're apart. I mean, the way you... I saw the setup you had last week. Like, that would have mm-hmm. been fine for me. You know, yeah. we all just sit in different areas of the room.
1: I feel like that works. Go. Although, I, you know, I don't know. I was walking... Uh, I was running earlier and I was running down Alameda here Mm -hmm. in downtown LA. Are you drinking wine? Apple juice. That's wine. That's definitely wine. Now just, this is real quick. (laughs) Let's just revisit the lies that people tell on podcasts. Just real quick. The last time you were drinking wine on the podcast, I said, hey, Big Rach is drinking some wine on the podcast. And what did you say? You said, it's because it's the end of the day on the East Coast. Yeah. And I drink the wine because I'm winding down. You're yeah. not on the East Coast anymore.
0: I, in my you, mind, I am. Okay? I've, I've only been here just a little over 24 hours. And mm. I just want you to know, so many people tweeted me and were like, you took a big old swig out of that cup. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: like, no, didn't. <laughs> you, are, you slurped the wine down. You, hey. I'm like, God damn, Rach.
0: I got to start getting solid cups.
1: Yeah, but, no, I was I was running. just this, this happened not too long ago. I was running, and I was running because down here in downtown L.A., a lot of times you'll be walking, you'll be running, and you'll see gentlemen with clear packages with clothes in them. And what that means is that they were just released from either oh. the federal facility or the Twin Towers, which is not too far, like, literally walking distance away from my house. So I saw two dudes coming, and it was obviously they ha- they had just gotten out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I walk past him, say what up, Walk past the next guy, say what up. And then one of the guys goes, "Um, hey man, can you help me? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure. Well, the first thing he said to me was, yo, are you a cop? And that felt like the biggest fucking insult that anyone could say to you right now. It's like, no, I'm not a fucking cop. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then he asked if I could help him. I guess he was waiting for somebody who was supposed to have picked him up. It was very cute because when I called this person, she was super excited to see him, that he was coming home and stuff like that. Uh, but he was like, yo, can you call this person and ask Jennifer or whoever it is where she's at or whatever? And I'm like, yo, no, no, no problem. And I was thinking to myself, uh, actually, you could just call her here. But no. I thought, well, two things happened. Because I, my brain was frying. I didn't want to get too close to him.
0: Yeah, no. Because he real. had
1: just been in, even in the, like in a lockup facility that I was saying yeah. to myself, yo. And then I was like, well, here, you just take the phone. And then I was like, no, don't give him the phone. Like, what are you doing? But so right away, my mind just short-circuited as to how I should deal with another human being asking me to do something, there was three different protocols in my mind. Don't yeah. get too close. To them. And I was like, No, no, no! You stay right there. Stay right there. And he goes, Oh no, I'm I'm okay. You okay, bro? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay right there. Just... <laughs> I'm like, Just yell the number to me, and then I'll dial it, and then I'll I'll talk to her for you. Is that okay with you? And then he was like, Sure. And so I called and got in touch with it. And then I had to do it for another guy, and then for another guy, and then at the last guy, That's I was like, So yeah, nice. I, yeah, I'm getting out of here. You know, So yeah, but but like, so I'm just saying intense uncomfortability from like a human being. So I get it if people aren't comfortable, you know what I mean? It's a very scary thing.
0: But I think in that situation and just all these situations right now, everybody gets it. So, you know, all you have to be like is, look, I'm a little, you know, we got COVID going on. Just yell out the number. You know, everybody gets it for the most part. Unless you're in a grocery store and, you know.
1: You freak out. not wearing a
0: mask, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those yet, man. I haven't seen one of those because we have like a, a little neighborhood grocery that we go to down here mm-hmm. where uh, it's one of those nice organic groceries in LA where you pay $25 for a loaf of bread, but you feel good because they go, oh, yeah. it comes from a local farmer or something like that. Or like yeah. you, get a, you get you you get get a side of beef from a local farmer for $250, so don't feel bad about it. Probably from the fucking, <laughs> probably reselling you shit from Ralph's. But um. So I haven't been in any big grocery stores lately. So I don't know. I, I really want to see somebody freak out over a mask.
0: Y'all got slim pickings out here. I went to Target. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There is yeah. nothing out here. Is that how all the stores are? Because I need to make sure I do my shopping in Florida before I permanently come out here.
1: What does that mean? You're going to do shopping and like bring I the food? I can get
0: necessities. Like, there was no Lysol. There were no... Like little things that I need to set up around here. Um, like I just couldn't find like mat bath mats that I needed. Even like mm-hmm. toothbrush holders. Like all of it was just completely wiped out.
1: Wow. I don't know about the toothbrush holders and shit like that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I've never brought a toothbrush holder in life. I don't think. I, like I don't. I don't think do I've you ever keep bought one. Your toothbrush. I wrap it up in toilet paper and keep it in the medicine <gasps> cabinet. No, I'm just no. I don't. I don't know. No, I'm just joking. That's not true. <laughs> um, I'm just joking. That's not true. But no, I, it, it, which target did you go to?
0: Westwood. I live in Westwood.
1: Oh, Westwood. So I don't know nothing about that. I'm sorry. It's I don't like the way you
0: said that. Like
1: <laughs> I don't know nothing about Westwood, man. Westwood's very nice, very nice area. I don't know nothing about it. So, uh, why don't you go to the target that us normal people shop at, and maybe you can find some supplies. The target where that normal people shop at. Maybe you I, should go to my
0: name. I don't know L.A. like that. Look, see, you are welcoming at all. You could, you mm-hmm. could direct me to another place. I'm just going to the local, to the local Target.
1: Sure. Uh, I have a question for you. What? What's your opinion
0: on slavery? <laughs> I mean, like, man, where do I even? How do I even answer that question? What do you mean? What is my opinion on slavery? Obviously, I'm not a proponent of slavery. Is it obvious? Why would I be for slavery?
1: The question is not why would Rachel Lindsay be for slavery? The question is, why would anyone be for slavery, right?
0: Um, Well, there's, there's a certain group of people that that would appeal to.
1: Precisely. Very easy answer. These are the things that we're talking about here. Things that in 2020 should be very easy answers. Correct. We, we have seen what slavery, not just the institution in its beginnings and in antiquity, did to the people then, but what the legacy of slavery has done to the fabric of American society and specifically to the African-American Black community. So Mm -hmm. it seems like a slam-dunk layup no-brainer that if slavery is brought up, your answer should be, no, no, worse, bad, hated. (laughs) Apparently not, because Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton described slavery as a necessary evil. This happened. So... He is a Republican senator from Arkansas. Uh, His name is Tom Cotton. Now, there's been some talk. There's this fantastic project that I'm sure everybody's heard of that the New York Times has done both on podcasts and in publication called the 1619 Project, which reimagines the genesis of America through the lens of the beginning of slavery. Mm -hmm. How that affected the cultural, political, and economic development of the country. It is fantastic in the way it breaks these things down. There's been some talk of schools adopting the lens of the 1619 Project in a way to have a realer, uh, less sort of... Uh, bullshitted, I'll put it. <laughs> uh, t- t- teaching of American history. Um, now, Senator Tom Cotton is against that. He's against U.S. schools from teaching the 1619 Project. Doesn't want that to happen. He said, this is what Senator Senator Cotton said, we have to study the history of slavery and its role and impact on the development of our country because otherwise we can't understand our country. As the founding fathers said, it was the necessary evil on which the union was built, but the union was built in a way, as Lincoln said, to put slavery on the course to its ultimate extinction. I'm going to read this part to you very carefully so that the thought warriors out there can make up their own minds about what Senator Cotton meant when he said this particular part of this. As the founding fathers said, it was the necessary evil upon which the union was built, but the union was built in a way, as Lincoln said, to put slavery on the course to its ultimate extinction. Immediately after Senator Cotton said this, it was viewed, as I still view it right now, as Senator Cotton characterizing slavery as a necessary evil. We should say that since then, Senator Cotton has come back and said that he was quoting the founding fathers who obviously believed that slavery was a necessary evil. uh, And he does not believe that.
0: Again, I always feel a certain way when people... Have to come back after they've seen how what they said has been scrutinized, and so they they come up against the court of public opinion, and now they want to rewrite. Speaking of being a revisionist, as he has said about this this project, that is what he is doing. No, Mister Tom, Senator Tom Cotton, the best the best name he could possibly have, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, you you said what you said, and you meant it. I mean, the the fact that you were going through such extreme measures as trying to legislate this says it all. How can, as you said, Van, in 2020, this should be a slam dunk. This should be something that's easy. The irony in what is happening right now in our country, and you are trying to propose a bill that completely contradicts it. This bill embodies exactly what Blacks are fighting for and against. They want to fight for the right to be represented and the right to matter. And this bill wants to legislate that away. Hmm. They want to take away, they want, this doesn't fit in Senator Tom Cotton's view of history. It doesn't benefit him in any way. And honestly, white people aren't held in high regard when it comes to this. But this is the truth. And it's important for you to know that this isn't just the 1619 Project. Yes, it formed from an essay that was written, but this is something that has been, you know, fact-checked in the Smithsonian and through research and development, like this is the real deal. And telling it through the eyes of, I don't want yeah, telling it through the eyes of Black people from this perspective, it's very true. It's very necessary because when you read The history of America. Yes, you read about Columbus in 1492, but you also read that in 1776 is when this country started, but it actually started more than a century before that. And it started on the backs of black people. And this project enforces that and tells that story and how America wouldn't be what it was if what happened in 1619, August of 1619 to be exact, happened when slaves were brought here to America and how they were used. And so I think it's so important that you want, know this history and know this project and listen to the podcast, read about it, whatever it is that you need to do to understand it. If you don't know already, but also how important it is to know what Senator Tom Cotton is doing, because this is something that has been done since the beginning of this country. He is trying to erase what is actual history and rewrite a history that benefits and uplifts people that look just like him.
1: Hmm. Uh, well said. And also systems that empower him. Yes. Uh, uh, so there's a reason why we're starting to show with this small thing, seemingly, but actually, this is exactly what we're fighting against. Yes. There's... If you listen to the 1619 podcast or if you read what the New York Times has put out, very little of it is controversial in terms of whether or not it's fact. hmm Okay. What it is, though, is America, I think we've talked about this before, America gets involved in great man history, right? They tell us that even in what Senator Cotton said, he said that the founding fathers said this and the founding fathers did that. And what he's doing is he's sort of using the greatness of the founding fathers in order to pull the wool over current society's eyes regarding this particular situation, right? He goes, well, listen, these guys who are so great and pure said that we had to do this, so that means that we had to do it, right? If you look at history holistically in every part of it, right, from, you know, what Jefferson did With it's very detailed the way they look at the 1619 Project. They look at where Jefferson was when he wrote uh, the Declaration of Independence, who was with him when he wrote the Declaration of Independence, and they give you the full scope of what it meant, what he was saying, what he was trying to say, and what he actually said. And it's a better lens in which to view the foundation of America. Because if you view the foundation of America through that lens, you get a better understanding into some of the problems that we have even to this day and how those problems were inevitable. Now, I'm not going to summarize or paraphrase any of that stuff for you because in order to get the full power of it, you need to enrich yourself and go out there and listen to it for yourself. What I will say is any attempt by anyone, be that Senator Tom Cotton or anybody else here, to make us believe that slavery was necessary, thereby palatable, thereby good in any way for American society, is speaking not just foolishly, but evilly. Mm-hmm. Those, th- that's an evil notion. On this very podcast, we talked a little while ago about uh, a couple of different Black celebrities who waded into the disgusting waters of anti-Semitism, right? Some of them jumped in head first. uh, Some of them inadvertently waded into them. Now, when we had those conversations, I heard from a lot of people and I listened with with open ears and an open heart to them. And what some of those people told me, and they were trying to implore upon me while they need us to be staunch allies against anti-Semitism. What they said to me is they said, listen, if anybody comes out and says anything that's mildly racist, they're canceled right away. But in the case of whoever it might be, it doesn't seem like you guys are willing to do the same thing. What I tried to implore, excuse me, what I tried to impart upon the people that were saying that was that that isn't true.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: This is an example of that. This is not me spiking the football. This is me explaining how it feels sometimes to be black in America. Yeah. If any sitting American politician would have even in any way, in any way, tried to intellectually navigate what Hitler's mindset was when he envisioned the final solution and then enacted the final solution, because that is something that Hitler also thought was necessary, right? Mm -hmm. He was trying to build a world through his vision that he thought was whatever, okay? Pure evil. Pure evil. But that's the way he sold it. Any politician that did that right away would be done. Yeah. Right away. What you have in that instance is Tom Cotton taking one of the largest evils ever done to a people, ever, and either subconsciously or overtly communicating that it was necessary for him to live in the society that he lives in right now. This is why when people come at me and go, people like that are automatically canceled, I go, but they're not. Not only are they not canceled, but I have zero power to take power from Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton's constituency, most likely, I can't speak for those people because I'm not down there in Arkansas, but most likely, don't give a fuck about what he just said. That's the power that we're up against. We're up against the power uh, that is held by people that don't necessarily think slavery was wrong. Or even if they think it was wrong, think that it was a necessary wrong in order to build the... Here's the thing about the founding fathers. They thought that. They said that. Guess what? They were wrong and they were evil. If you can do that to human beings, they were wrong and they were evil. America, fucking deal with it. Come to terms with it, dog.
0: It's because we were taught that the founding fathers were almost godlike. You know what I mean? they revered them and put them on such a pedestal that they almost weren't human that's almost how it was taught to us when you tell little stories like George Washington never told a lie well i thought that was jesus christ you know what mm. i mean like it's that's that's what's been embedded in, in their minds and and to add on to what you were saying it's also these people who think that okay but slavery happened so many years ago you're not affected by it anymore. And that's the importance of the 1619 Project because as you said, it points to systemic racism and how we've been building on that for centuries and centuries. And it's just important. We talked about this last week about um, like in Portland, like wake up and pay pay attention to what's happening. It's little things like this because I'm sure Tom Cotton is not the only person who thinks like this. I mean, he obviously was voted into office. Also, Arkansas Thought Warriors I don't, we don't have to cancel him as a person, but we can de- definitely cancel him as a politician. I have no idea when he is up for re-election, but please get that man out of office. I don't know. Um, but it's important that we pay attention and we recognize that there are people with power who still have this type of thinking and are still trying to shape a generation that won't know about the history, the true history of this country. Because you've al- you already heard about how schools are trying to take slavery out of history books here is a person trying to pass a legislation trying to pass legislation to get that done. Do I think that it's going to gain any traction? No, but the fact that he's trying to do it is a problem.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, when I worked at TMZ, we would have conversations about slavery and have conversations. You know, somebody would read a book. I remember uh, Harvey had read a book about Thomas Jefferson. He was talking about how great Thomas Jefferson was. I was also Thomas Jefferson. And it, it's it's coming up on me. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. Independence, brilliant man, brilliant man. Thomas Jefferson, a rapist, murderer. It just facts. And and I, what I would get back directly out of Harvey's mouth and about other people is like, man, those were just the times. Those were the times. Those were the times that people lived in. So fucking what. Yeah,
0: we're supposed to be okay with that. Uh, like, yeah, okay, like, cool, it, cool, cool,
1: cool. <clears throat> right. So, <laughs> fucking what? And 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 it's not as if America does. It's not as if those were the times, and then we reconciled those times, talked about how abhorrent they were, and then vowed through uh, both systemic change and emotional plea. To make things different in America. No. And that's another thing that the 1619 Project does. They also also let you know how many of the tenets of American life and the pillars that America built its power on, such as capitalism, were driven by the slave trade. And not necessarily the slave trade itself, Mm -hmm. but of chattel slavery here in uh, the mainland United States. How prices of cotton as set in England controlled the treatment of individuals in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Understanding how those systems are tethered gives you context to the way the country grew and the way that it operates today. I didn't even realize that bonds and like when you talk about they they wrapped up slaves. They had slavery-backed bonds. One of the things that, and and, and if I'm ignorant for not having known this, then I, I learned this in the 1619 project. I learned that just as in the two the 2008 financial crisis, that they took bad mortgages and you know different mortgages and they securitized them, right? Put them together and were able to trade them. They did the same thing with human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
0: that's because we weren't considered those. We were not considered human beings like they were.
1: We were like animals. Right. But what I'm saying is that idea, which originated then, then became a lot of the ways that the market worked. A lot of the ways that banks got a lot of their initial wealth. Mm -hmm. a, A lot of this. And it's all tied to the same thing even for the scope of just how important the exploitation of Black people has been to the building of this country
0: yeah.
1: is incredibly important information when we're in this moment. And that's all, and, you know, and so we we start to show with that today because these flippant notions of kind of casting off slavery, of it was the times and this is what they were doing, it was a necessary evil those are incredibly evil, dangerous things to say. It is tantamount to saying, oh, well, what Hitler was doing, it was just what he believed. Those were the times. Or what what what, what Stalin was doing, it was just what he was doing. Or oh, what Mao was doing, is just what it was, those but, were the times. But put
0: it to now. You know what I mean? Would you say that right now? You could, That's easy to say because you weren't present then. Imagine if now those were the times. Would you be saying, well, I just got to accept it. That's just how the way things are right now. No, you would not. So stop. Yeah. It's easy to separate yourself from the past, but put that to what's going on right now. Nobody's saying, oh, Black Lives Matter. It's just the times. We're just going to, you know, like deal with it. No, like people are fighting against it. Even the person who's leading our country is fighting against it. He's not saying just, just Black people matter. It's just the times now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, it's, just, it's just so frustrating, man. Like no one is, it, it's just truth. People are just asking to be able to recognize, teach, and absorb the truth about when, who we are.
0: But when the truth paints you in a way that you've never been painted before, that's hard for people to accept. Mm. That's, what Tom, that's what's happening to Tom Cotton right now. You don't want that truth.
1: Uh, well, look, here's the thing, man. I, I think it's a better idea if everyone just come to terms with the fact that we about to get this shit out here, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're about to get this. You can hear the truth. Like, when I called for that guy, I got to be honest with you here. Quick. So, I, oh, I, called, for, yes. I called for two guys, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is having sex tonight. One of them isn't. I could feel that truth. I could feel it.
0: Because when I made those calls. Because of when the people answered the phone. Got gotcha. you. One
1: girl, listen, listen, this I this is, I promise you, big gracious, is true. One girl picked up the phone like, where is he at? <laughs> where is he? He's on, he's, on, he's on that He's on that I want me to where Where? Okay, wait, wait, wait Okay, I'll leave Not. I'm like, listen, no You have to let me tell you Where he's going to be He's like, tell her to come around To the front I'm like, yeah He's going to be around To the front Okay, okay, okay Okay. I'm coming right now I'm coming right now I'm coming right now, coming right now. And Aww. I said And I said, oh, by the way, bro I said, she's I said, she's very excited And she goes, shut up And then she hung the phone up <laughs> The other girl, when I called She was like <laughs> Why didn't he just stay where, where is he at? Give me she the exact number. She's, I mean, she, where? She, like, well, Give me the exact number. Where is he at? Where is he at? And I was like, oh, okay, you done. You like, you like, you done. Uh, Man, and, and she like,
0: might've never come. She just might've been looking for the place yeah. to avoid. She's like, yeah. oh, okay. That's where I don't need to be. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's just... a, a nigga been teaching his son how to color. They've been like, like, I'm telling you, they've been doing all kinds of things. But what I'm saying is I felt the truth. You can feel the truth. Yeah. Feel it. And it is what it is. Um, now, we are around 100 days out until the nation makes one of the most fateful and important decisions about its future ever. We are almost, it seems so weird. We are a little less than 100 days away from the November elections biden versus trump trump versus biden what do you think how are you feeling
0: doesn't it seem really far away 100 days sounds so far to me i'm sorry i'm just a person who is very realistic and maybe more leaning towards the side of negative negative. and 100 <laughs> days is really far away And a lot could happen in a hundred days. And I just keep going back to 2016 and I'm scared. I'm scared that, you know, all the polls are saying one thing and, you know, there's being, this is all being fought in, or Biden is leading in battleground states. And, you know, even in states that normally are very red, they're turning purple, maybe leaning a little blue. I just... I'm so scared to accept it because of what happened before. And I look at all the things that like, as as the country stands right now, a hundred days to the election, there are so many things that are against Trump. And every day Trump is in the public eye, he does something that to me turns voters away from him. But what if things change, right? Because the thing is, is that it's not that people are excited about Biden. It's not that people are like, I'm ready to go vote for, Bi- for Biden. They are so disheartened and upset and disgusted with the way that Trump has handled things that they're just turning away from Trump. They're not mm-hmm. running towards Biden. And even if you looked at the polls before coronavirus, right? Mid February, Trump was leading. Trump mm-hmm. was leading five months ago. What changed after mid February? Coronavirus, the economy. Black Lives Matter movement. We've got these racial tensions. We've seen, you know, President Trump lie. We've seen how he's handled things, how he's politicized education, race, health. All these things have happened and it's turned us against him. But just as quickly as they happen, I mean, things could change around. I don't know how quickly the economy and coronavirus, but they could. And people could float right back to Trump. That's to me what's scary and why I'm so on edge even if it's 100 days. If you told me it was 10 days, I'd be like, let's do this. Mm. He's mm. going to get out of office. But a lot could happen. A lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't trust the polls. The only polls I trust now are Deja Vu Showgirls down there at, uh, in downtown Los Angeles. I trust those polls because <laughs> I've seen girls climb all the way up to the top of them, slide around them. I've seen two girls on them. I once saw three girls on them. And the base they had on them was, you know, from one of the upper weight classes. You know I would what I mean? never so, trust
0: it after I saw that girl fall on her face in Dallas.
1: Well, she fell off the pole, though, didn't she?
0: No, she fell down. Like right. she. F-
1: My point is the pole was still standing. No,
0: yeah, the pole was still standing. Uh, you see what I'm standing. saying? So that's user,
1: <laughs> that's user error right there. <laughs> what, what, what I'm talking about is I've never been at a strip club and seen a girl get on the pole at a club i seen a girl get on the pole and the pole just crumble. Never. Never seen it. I trust those poles. These other poles, don't trust them as much. Yeah. Because we tried to climb up those poles in 2016 and they fell the fuck over. (laughs) So, 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 So for me personally, don't trust any other poles, man. Don't trust them. I'm scared as fuck. Um... See? I everybody is and by the way I've reached out to Simone Sanders I want you guys Thought Warriors I want you guys to put a little pressure on my sister Simone Sanders to get her she's one of Biden's uh, uh incredible woman one of Biden's uh, big time surrogates uh, she's actually not a surrogate she works inside the campaign I think she's his communications it's, director I thought she
0: was the main one
1: she is okay um, but there are, there are a lot, couple of people up there though uh. She's the face. She's the face. She's the face. It's an amazing, amazing, talented lady. We want her on higher learning. Put a little pressure. Simone Sanders, find Simone Sanders, add her. We're saying we're adding you, Simone Sanders. We want you to come on here and build a little enthusiasm for Vice President Biden's campaign. Yeah, build a little bit of enthusiasm for it. Yeah, add her. At Simone. Build a little enthusiasm. Tell us what we. Tell us what we don't know about Vice President Biden that would make us super enthused to go out there and cast that ballot. Because you're right. It's very difficult. It's the same in boxing. It's very difficult to, like, to beat the champion. Right? You have to take the champion's belt. Yeah. So it was a very famous fight between Oscar De La Hoya and Felix Trinidad in the early 2000s, right? Very famous fight. What happened in this fight was Felix Trinidad, was a battle of the Titans. Arrgh! Puerto Rico versus Mexico. Oscar de Ojoe versus Felix, Trinidad. big fight. Oscar goes out. Felix is the champion. I think this was at 147. Oscar goes out and he dominates the early part of the fight. Really, he's giving Tito a boxing lesson. Ah, ah, e, ooh, ah, 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 all of that. But towards the last part, of the fight when De La Hoya was up on points, he ran a little bit. He thought, hey, if the fight is 12 rounds, Mm -hmm. I've won seven or eight rounds already, then I can dance away and the victory is just going to come to me. When the judges read the scorecards, what do you think happened to Oscar De La Hoya? He lost. He lost the fight. And if he would have actually gone out and in a couple of the last rounds attempted to win the fight, to take the belt from the champion, to impose his will to actually maybe campaign for the championship, he might have won it. Mm. Now, I'm not saying in this situation whether or not Joe Biden should be uh, more Oscar de la Hoya um, or excuse me, if Joe Biden should learn from Oscar de La Hoya and try to knock Trump out, or if he should play it safe and lay back. What I'm telling you is that the laying back is making me fucking nervous, man.
0: The laying back isn't making me nervous. I mean, more so I don't want him to get cocky and think he hasn't. I can take the laying back, right? Like I don't need to hear you ain't black. I don't need to yeah, hear that anymore. That was bad. I, it was Damn, bad. that was bad. Fuck. It was it was so bad, <laughs> especially because of, you know, and I don't want to turn people against Biden because our goal is to get Trump out of office. But when you look at the history of Joe Biden and how he's voted and what he's stood for and th- certain things he said, and then he's like, you ain't black. It's like, OK, Biden, calm down. Hey,
1: to- dog, Stop. Just because oh, you don't like when
0: I say it. just because just because mm-hmm. Obama is your best friend doesn't mean you get a pass to say those kind of things. It was it, it was bad. It was really really mm-hmm. bad. And I feel like people felt like we didn't say that enough on the podcast. But it was mm-hmm. bad, you guys. It was bad. Right. It is what it is. Um, it's terrible. When you're telling your story, it reminds me of um, Aesop's Fables, or did you say Aesop's Fables?
1: Was it Aesop this? or Esop? I know Aesop Rocky.
0: I say Aesop, uh, but I don't Aesop, Aesop Rocky, know if it's Aesop Rocky Aesop. Fables. Aesop. No, I don't know it, what
1: it is either. I never, I never read those. Like okay, I didn't, here, get, this I didn't get me, the shit
0: cos- to. I'm cos- not saying kid. <laughs> no. I'm not saying
1: that. I'm saying I never read the original versions of shit like that. But you that.
0: know certain ones like the tortoise and the hare.
1: Yes, right. So that's but I saw what it as a cartoon. Yeah, but I get it. Okay, yeah.
0: but it's a, it's a fable. It's a fable. Mm-hmm. So when you, when I when you were telling the story about the boxers, because I've never seen that fight and I don't really know anything about it, it just reminds me of the tortoise and the hare. And what you don't want is for Biden to get cocky and sit back and think, think that he has this, and then here comes Trump, you know? Mm-hmm. And it could very easily turn. But as we stand right now, it's not even the polls that I'm believing. It's just more of what Trump is doing to this country and the way that we are and the fact that he is losing people that voted for him before. Like, his core base, we're not turning those people. He's got them, right? It's almost like, if you ain't a white supremacist, you right. Trump. Right. Those people he's got, but he's losing people that he had before, like suburban moms. You know, the way that he's handling the opening of schools is going to be telling for him. The way the economy goes, the way coronavirus, I mean, now he's changing his tune and, you know, he's back in front of the camera holding the briefings and everything, but you've been preaching something to us for four months and now you're changing it. There's mm-hmm. inconsistencies. There's lies. Even Fox News is starting to turn on him a tad. So I think that It's promising, but we got to be cautious.
1: Hmm. When you say suburban moms voted for Trump, what what kind of suburban moms are you talking about there? White. White suburban moms. White women. We need y'all to turn on Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's, I mean...
1: That's, like, why, that's why uh, nah. he's
0: saying lies to you like Biden wants to destroy suburbia. That doesn't even make any sense. That's why he's feeding you lies about defu- Biden wants to defund the police. He has never, ever, ever even said that. I mean, it's, you have to pay attention. And yes, white we need women,
1: you. we need you. We need turn you. Turn on Donald Trump. I might be, listen, I, white women, y'all yeah, been wilding these last couple of months. Let's be real. Have a conversation with the white ladies. Y'all been wilding. Y'all been wilding for a couple of months now. We see y'all. I don't know what's going on. But wake up, white ladies. Turn against Donald Trump. It was 53% the last time. I think it was 53% of white ladies. That's crazy to me when there was a white lady running. Um, Just had to take time to give credit where it's due. Uh, Look, (laughs) uh, uh, like it's very hard to say this, but if America decides to re-elect President Trump in November, then the country is signing its own death warrant. And it's, a wrap. it's and it's deserved. We can't survive another four years of this. But if we have come to this point, if we are so cowardly and so against looking at ourselves, taking stock in ourselves. And making the concrete changes and doing the hard study work that it takes to get better as a society. If we can't do that, then that's where we are. Then but that's Van, what it is. I don't is. know if I
0: can handle it. Like, I'm saying all this, but in my mind, I've just said it, it just can't happen. Well, it just I'll can't be honest happen. with you, it might. I know, I know, but I just, I can't, ha- like, mentally, I can't handle that right now. Right. I've cried one time at an election, and that was first time Obama was elected. I will be brought to tears again. Mm-hmm. And when you cry because for Obama a, for some type of plan B. Some type when of you...
1: plan B. Plan B. The whole country gonna need plan B, but they're not gonna be able to find <laughs> plan B because it's gonna we're gonna get rid of Planned Parenthood. <laughs> um, uh when you cried when Obama was elected, like how much campaigning had you done for McCain at that point? Like why were you so upset?
0: Is that is that is that why I'm
1: is that why I'm you know when
0: Obama was elected I was in law school it was my first year and <clears throat> I remember I was in Milwaukee I'm gonna change the subject I was in right. Milwaukee and to talk about a beautiful moment while you try to mm-hmm. put me on McCain right um, so I wasn't far from Chicago where the celebration mm. was going and I remember I was in a room full of law school students who were majority white if not all white at the time because there were only nine people in my class. For, for law school, my incoming yeah. class. And uh, he was elected, and I remember everybody was silent except for me. And I just looked around, and I was like, wow, these white people are shook. Like, they right. are not okay that this just happened. So I excused myself because I could just feel the tears of joy welling up in my eyes. And I like left, and I went to my roommate, who was black, and we just hugged each other and cried. I I, mm. I I take that back. I'm going to cry either way this right. election goes.
1: Right, <laughs> either yeah.
0: way, there's a reason to cry for different this, reasons.
1: This is the fundamental difference between Van and Big Rage. Big Rach is classy. Big Rach is classy. She was raised as a Central Texas princess. And she, because, because of that, you let me would have been the only black person in that room with a bunch of stunned (laughs) white people. You let that that would have happened, I'd have been like, ah, ha, niggas. (laughs) You know why I say niggas? Because guess what? Y'all the niggas now. (laughs) All of you can get fucked. I'm like, all of you. I just want to let you guys know it's over. Here come the reparations. Here's, yeah. It's all over for y'all. It's over. We fucking it up. Everything has changed, guys. We're about to remove the Lincoln Monument, put a statue of Bobby Brown in that motherfucker. It's <laughs> done. And they, and they would have had it. Now, n- none of that happened. I know what when, when has happened, no, but I'm saying, happened. I'm Look. saying, but I would have gone twice as hard Fuck you. I didn't
0: have to. He was the president. It he was, was the president. All, it was all... You're classy. Like, that's, that's it. That's it. It was beautiful. You're, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment.
1: Tasteful Vixen.
0: Sometimes our food is more than just food. It's an integral part of our community. So this year, Discover is giving $5 million to support Black-owned restaurants to places like Rodney Scott's Barbecue in Charleston, Post Office Pies in Birmingham, and Back in the Day Bakery in Savannah, and hundreds more places in your local community all across the country. Learn how you can show your support at Discover.com. Sometimes our food is more than just food. It's an integral part of our community. So this year, Discover is giving $5 million to support Black-owned restaurants to places like Post Office Pies in Birmingham, Alabama, Back in the Day Bakery in Savannah, Georgia, and hundreds more Black-owned restaurants in your local community all across the country. Learn how you can show your support at discover.com. This episode of Higher Learning is brought to you by Differin. There are a ton of good excuses for avoiding a video call. Like maybe you're busy giving your pet goldfish a bath or alphabetizing your shoes. But all of the reasons to hide, acne shouldn't be one of them. Differin gel is a different kind of acne treatment. It's an oil-free gel designed to give you consistently clear skin you can count on. Thanks to one special ingredient, adapalene. Adapalene is the first multi-benefit retinoid acne ingredient available over the counter without a prescription. Clear the acne you have and stop new acne in its tracks with Differin gel. Do things different. Learn more and redeem a special offer at Differin.com slash higher learning. That's differi dot com higher learning. All one word.
1: Tasteful. <laughs> um, now. Uh, It's time for a little bullshit Time for the bullshit I mean, it's not bullshit These are things that are very important But not quite as important As the election in November (laughs) Or (laughs) Or uh, Very powerful white men Normalizing slavery Uh, Huge, huge Debate took place Cultural debate this weekend Okay, now When you have these cultural debates Mm -hmm. Sometimes rage. You tend to injure the ego of musicians when you start comparing them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes you can hurt people's egos. This debate, though, was about a potential versus battle between Usher, who I don't think can be beaten in the versus battle. No. <laughs> amongst any of his contemporaries. (laughs) I mean, you can match Usher with Dr. Dre or somebody like that, or Quincy Jones, you beat Usher. But amongst any of his singing and dancing contemporaries, don't think Usher can be beat in a versus battle. However, not so fast, Twitter doesn't think that. Usher versus Chris Brown in the versus battle was a very hotly debated topic over this last couple of days. So much so that Chris Brown addressed it and said he don't even want to do the versus battle. Twice. He adjusted adjusted twice when I didn't see the second time. What did he say the second time?
0: That he could win on features alone.
1: Oh, yeah, I did see when he said that. Yeah, he said he could win on features alone. Doesn't even
0: count. Doesn't even count.
1: Usher. (laughs) All right, I'll ask you right now. You're you're younger than me. I am 40. You are like late 20s, early 30s or something like that. 35. 35. Okay, so you're closer to Chris Brown's age. Uh, And how
0: old is Chris Brown?
1: Like, I think 31 or 32.
0: Really? He's in his 30s? Wow. Yeah, I think
1: 31 or 32. So, you're closer to Chris Brown's age. Who are you choosing? Usher. Usher, for sure.
0: I don't even have to let you finish the sentence. Usher, you could stop at my way and confessions, and that's it. You don't even need to keep going. No, I'm just saying. Like, that's both of those you could press play and let them play all the way through. Chris, and I'm not taking anything away from Chris Brown, but when you say something, no? You don't believe me? No?
1: It's noticeable that you skipped 8701.
0: It's not my favorite. It's not that it's not good. It's, oh, it's not my favorite. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Oh. 8701 is your favorite? Uh, I'll pull up. up to discography.
1: 8701, 8701, to me, is the best album pulling out of the three of those. We're going to have our own like, versus no, battle. We're going to have no, our own versus battle. I, I, nah, nigga, we can do it right now. You ain't saying shit. <laughs> like, hold on. Eighty-seven oh one. You you give me eighty-seven oh one versus confessions. We'll do it right now. Eighty-seven oh one. And by the way, I've had this argument already. All, already, I can call Brian Michael Cox right now, and he'll Listen, he'll boss I don't need it. you
0: to be name dropping about I'm producers just saying, and people. Right, Brian and Michael writing, Cox. I don't, I don't need look that. him up.
1: Look up Brian Michael Cox I'm, I'm right now. I'm fully aware call right of who now. he is.
0: I'm fully yeah. aware. I don't need you to name okay, drop. let so, me call Usher.
1: Eighty-seven. You, I'm sure you can call him. <laughs> Probably got saying. with your people. So uh, I just on eighty-seven oh one right now. Bang. You remind me. Uh, like, I don't know. What you can to do, girl? Dope. You got it bad. What? You don't have to call. What? Can you help me? What? Now, U-Turn is on this song. U-Turn sucks. That's okay. But uh, how do I say? How do I say hello? I just want to talk to you. That's your jam. Uh, that, that song is fucking off the chain. And okay. And this is deluxe edition. Okay. Are you done? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like
1: whatever. It's a pop song.
0: You got confession. Oh, you don't have to call it a pop song. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Confessions, part one and part two. Let us not forget the remix. Okay. Let us not forget the remix. You have people calling them from jail. Okay. <laughs> you have people calling them from jail on the remix. You got burn.
1: Burn's caught, good. Up, caught up. Caught up. Caught up is caught up is okay.
0: Okay, that's your opinion, bad mm-hmm. girl. Then mm-hmm. you had the bedtime music with—that's what it's made for. Can you handle Ooh, it? Do yeah, it yeah. to me, come on! You didn't even come mention on.
1: throwback. Throwback is throwback is oh, throwback and throwback. On and throwback, on and throwback. Yeah. yeah, throwback. See, thank and throwback.
0: you. Thank you for for proving my point even further.
1: Eighty seven hundred one is the is a better album. Eighty seven hundred one is better than Confessions.
0: But I think what we're proving at this point is Usher clearly wins.
1: Yeah, we just it's fucked nothing. over Chris Brown.
0: It's uh, nothing. <laughs> it's nothing we against did. Chris Brown. I, I mean, I. When Chris Brown said that he could win on features alone, I thought that's not the point. This is now your ego talking.
1: Well, uh, the, the, let's be real though. Chris Brown has some insanely amazing features,
0: but that doesn't count. He's like
1: it does count in a in a versus battle. It does count. It does. They they let you put your features on there.
0: I just I. But to me. It goes, fine, fine, put the features on it. But the fact that this was actually Usher's music, I think just takes it another level. You got to be on a feature, which means somebody else helped make that song great. I just, I just, mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But I saw some, an interesting argument on Twitter that said it's not fair because it's a generational thing. And they were basically saying that nobody in Usher's generation could pair up with Usher. It's not fair for Chris Brown because it's a little bit of a different type of music is what someone was saying. And I thought about that for a second because I said, you know what though? If you compared Usher and t- compared him to somebody in a different generation, like a prince, everybody'd mm-hmm. be like, <laughs> "Prince, please, are you kidding well, me? You don't even compare
1: that that has nothing to do with the fact that they're not that there's different generations. that has to do with the fact that Usher cannot fuck with Prince in any way. I, I mean, agree with you right, but there are guys from Prince's generation who could fuck with him, and then there are there's only one guy the thing what really happened though, what really happened was in the nineties there weren't a shit ton in the '90s, like the solo male star, singing star, wasn't as big of a deal. Pop star type dude. It was very group heavy in the '90s, like Bobby Brown and those guys. Bobby Brown for a while was the big dude as far as that was concerned. But then in the '90s, you didn't have too many guys that were on that pop music wave.
0: Not the pop, right? They were not all not the R&B. pop R and B. They not that were, they were all really just R&B. dancing. R&B. Yeah, not, not that we're
1: not that we really dancing. Genuine,
0: genuine. <laughs> mean, Genu- but you see,
1: get. genuine is close. And but if you put genuine and Usher together, Usher will wash genuine. Yeah. you know what I mean. But I will say this: there is one guy, um, and and I should say Chris Brown. Great music, Chris yeah. Brown. He wouldn't get washed, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, great music. Whatever you think about Chris Brown, great music, fantastic dancer, better dancer than Usher, Chris Brown, better dancer.
0: Okay, agreed.
1: Better dancer than Usher. Um, But it is a different style of music because when Chris Brown really started doing his thing, he even got into a weird, he's kind of come back now. He got into a weird world music type of vibe and all of that stuff like that. But somebody that's an Usher contemporary that would make for an interesting versus battle and that would actually settle an argument and a schism that even existed then would never be allowed to battle Usher, because this person has fucked up a lot of their currency with the community, and that guy is Justin Timberlake. If you were to put oh, Usher no. in a, if you were to put Usher <laughs> in a battle, because there was a time right when J, when uh, when Justin Timberlake ver- uh, dropped Justified, right? Justified comes out, Justified starts building building up, and then he seemingly threatened Usher's control over that whole thing. And Usher then put his foot in Timberlake's ass with Confessions because Confessions ended up being such a monster album. But then, Usher went, if we're being honest, right after that, Usher went a little bit cold and Justin Timberlake became the guy with future sex love sounds and all of that stuff He was the man after that. And then 2020 came around, the 2020 experience, all that stuff, uh, Justin Timberlake was the man. And then he fell to fuck off with Man of the Woods or whatever. So I think (laughs) if the community were willing, if the culture were willing to let it happen, a better battle would be Usher versus Justin Timberlake. Because really Chris Brown is the Usher of these new kids? Correct. Right. Correct. So so like there's nobody in uh, in his in Chris Brown's realm who can fuck with him. But really it really would be Timberlake, if really.
0: I, I agree, but like you said, the culture is never going to accept him. They ran him away. You know, like that you said you don't know what happened, Man in the Woods. He went country on stage with Chris Stapleton. He's to a man in the woods. He's acting. We have completely run him out of the culture. But yes, there was a time where Justin Timber, like, that would be such a good versus battle. But the thing is, it wouldn't be fair. Like, nobody would be supporting Justin except for Jessica Biel. And so it wouldn't be (laughs) as exciting to watch. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) He got one fucking fan on the line. It's just it's just Jessica Biel. Everybody else, like, kill him, Ush. Kill him as Jessica Biel. Like, go ahead, baby. Question is, though, but look, I don't know if that's true. I'll tell you why. Reason why I don't know if that's true is because one half of the people who have made the verses, what it is, is Timberland. Timberland invented Justin Timberlake's sound. So true. a lot of the records that you would hear in a versus battle would be directly coming from guys who have already battled in the. Ju- so Justin Timberlake has been on versus mm-hmm. because Scott Storch dropped Crying Me a River. Timberland. Play Justin Timberlake records. Right. So he's already been it. It's just after what happened with Janet Jackson, and after we had one of our icons left holding the bag for something that two people were involved in, right? Mm-hmm. And Justin Timberlake basically kind of just skit skit skirted town and left her holding that water. A lot of people are iffy on Justin now.
0: Well, but, and then it's deeper than that, too, because he's so was in entrenched in our culture. Yet when it comes to stand up for us, you don't. So you make the music. You don't you think do he tries. Dance. Yes. But then, well, recently, the most recent thing I could think of is him trying and then getting shut down, which I honestly didn't think that that one was fair. But he has gotten a lot of criticism for not speaking up and out mm. like you're so involved in us, but you don't stand with us. I think outwardly and that's what people have such a problem for. You can't just like, you know, make money off of us. You got to be about us at the same time.
1: Yeah, there was one point and look, I've been a little hard on Justin Timberlake on the old Twitter sphere, but... Have you? Yeah, man. I, I like to, like, look, look, I like Justin Timberlake. Uh, I, I, I do. I like him. I think I'm a huge fan. Musically, a huge fan. 2020 experience, at least the first disc that came out. The, second the first one, not as much. yeah, the
0: first one. But the,
1: the first one that came out. There are a couple of good ones on the, on the second one. Um, uh, the one with Drake is fantastic, but the first one is much, much better. But I'm a gigantic Justin Timberlake fan. Love the music. Love it. Really do. But there's a little bit... Sometimes he comes across as a little inauthentic. And I, I, I really do think he's trying. He tries his best. And I think he, that he cares... But sometimes something missing. Like he posted something and Amanda got at him because he posted something. That was something, the most
0: recent one.
1: But then he turned his comments off. So it's almost like...
0: I didn't think that that was fair for him to get attacked for that. Why? So what was it? It was, it, it was a mod. I think it was a mod Arbery. I think he posted don't, about a
1: mod. How can you turn your comments off at a time like that?
0: Okay. It's, I don't think he was turning his comments off. And this is just me. This is the reason I didn't have an issue with it is because he posted Okay, you complain about Justin Timberlake because he's not outspoken, he's not standing with you and he doesn't do anything. So the man posts, he turns off his comment because maybe people are commenting super, super negative racist things and it's spewing and creating this this community of hatred. And all you're trying to do is bring light and awareness to what's happening against black people. I don't think that that's a problem. You can't complain that he's not posting Mm-mm. and also complain that he turned off his comments. Like, to me, like, he posted. No. He posted. No. first no, of all, we're going to disagree you, on this one. Have you
1: ever turned your comments off? No. Okay. If The moment I ever... I bet I catch you turning your comments I've off. I've never turned
0: my comments... Have you seen my comments? I've never turned comments my comments lit. off.
1: Your comments be lit. They be lit. <laughs> like, I'll just be joking. And by the way, they love Rach. Because, like, I'll say something and be like, Hey, Van. Fuck you. You sound like a salty, (laughs) jealous. I'm like, yo, this is, I'm just joking with her. Like, remember the Cadillac thing? You post Rachel posted the Cadillac thing under, by the way, that was fucking hysterical. The Cadillac ad was hysterical. Hey, in these uncertain times, I like to get my Cadillac and ride around. What the fuck? And so then I, I, like, I posted something about it. And then it's under there like, yo, you sound like a salty fucking female. I'm like, yo, man, it's a joke.
0: No, people were more on your side on that one than they were on me.
1: Well, you showed me something from a different set yeah, of threads, yeah. but yeah. But no, what I'm saying about Justin Timberlake is like, you cannot possibly cut your comments off. That's That strangles the conversation. Like, it, to, me, to me, the purpose of, you put something out there, right? And if you get the negativity, this is exactly what we have to go through. We have to go through some of the negativity. We have to go through some of the back and forth. Don't cut yourself off from the ugliness. Justin Timberlake, if you're going to be a real ally, you need to see some of this ugliness.
0: How do you know he was cutting it off for himself? That's, I don't know. I guess that's the assumption. I see it. I assume something different, and you assume something another way. So I think I can see both points. Mm. I can you see both really points. Like but you're an sync fan? Yes, and that's what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Can he play in sync on the versus battle?
1: See, this is the thing. To me, I think he should be able to. I think right? he should too. But here's the thing, though. It's only a couple in sync songs that's gonna snap on the versus battle.
0: What would those be? Bye bye. Gone.
1: Bye? Gone?
0: Gone for sure.
1: Girlfriend. That's it.
0: Not bye-bye bye.
1: No, niggas not trying to hit that shit. No. Gone and girlfriend. Those are the only two in-sync songs he would play. Gone is gonna hit. Great song.
0: God must uh, have spent a little bit more time on you. That not, was like it's a lot of might Not gonna R&B. work. Not gonna be, work.
1: Mm, okay. Not, these in these verses battles, it's not about who has the biggest hits. It's about which songs resonate I, with I the culture that. more. Girlfriend and gone will work, but the rest is they're not, they're not gonna work. Okay,
0: so before I came on this podcast, I interviewed Brandy. She's got a new album coming out July 31st. I just wanna put that out there.
1: Love her. And
0: I asked her about verses. And Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out why we haven't gotten a Brandy Monica situation. So we don't have to get too into that, but I just want to know who you would have.
1: Fuck. Uh, Brandy Monica. You
0: know this would be such a good battle. And both of them are on. Brandy was like, I would definitely do it.
1: And they don't really even like each other like that either. No,
0: she's well, okay, maybe that's something that you know. They she had a
1: they had a physical altercation. Let's keep it going. She
0: says that she's she tells a different story. Maybe they're in a better place right now.
1: They probably are. Ah Brandy edges her.
0: I'm a good brandy as well.
1: Brandy edges her. I don't know though, man. I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: That's a good one. See, if you don't know. That mm-hmm. means it'd be a good versus battle.
1: I don't the know. The warriors man. I you... make
0: it happen. Let's push this forward. Yeah. We need some more women involved in the versus battle. Anyway, we do. let's make this happen. Erica Badu and Jill Scott were the highest. The highest you won. Yeah. That was the so best come one. on, let's make this happen.
1: Put put Mary J. Blige in there too. Just Mary ain't got no competition.
0: That's what I was about to say. Who would go against Mary?
1: It would have to be Mary Mariah Carey or somebody like that. Mary beat Mariah. Carey. No, no, you. Mary I'm sorry. Carey. What? You're Mary, thinking a
0: different audience? Nope. You're doing Mary different J. audiences.
1: Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Mariah Carey would,
0: has 18, 19 number one hits.
1: Mary I, J. Blige would beat Mariah Carey in a versus battle.
0: Because of the audience. That's because, the only reason. Of the be, because of the audience.
1: Because of how the songs going to resonate with the culture. That's resonate. Because of the audience. Resonate. Mary of the J. Audience. Blige. Like, like, yo, we was in of that the group. audience.
0: I get you. We, I agree with you.
1: Like we was in Anguilla, and one of my homies got drunk when the music was playing, and he looked around and he went, Yo, I'll fight a nigga for Mary J. Blige, bro. That's how much I love this music. Just out of nowhere. (laughs) I promise you. Mary J. Blige would beat Mariah Carey. Hey, you know what? I'm putting that out. Ringer people, cut this one. I'm putting it out there right now that Mary J. Blige would swack Mariah. Respect to Mariah Carey, respect to Nick respect to Jermaine Dupree, respect to everybody.
0: It's so, lo- it's so not a fair argument. Mary J. Blige would whack
1: Mariah Carey in a Only in a
0: versus battle. Outside of that, no. And you're only basing that off of who the audience is. Because in a versus battle, you got to put Mary J. against like Faith Evans or somebody who she'd watch. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, you, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> because I that Mar-
0: people at the times. Hmm? you
1: say saying Mariah Carey not black enough to be in a versus battle? You said that. I didn't say you that. You said that. That's not what I said. I-
0: telling y'all right now
1: Mary I said, well, wait 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 that's you're saying that the audience is gonna make if you read between
0: Vance words oh, okay. Mariah Carey isn't black enough
1: okay Mariah you got 500 million dollars that's gonna have to be enough cause the verses bad. <laughs> <laughs> love Mariah Carey love Mariah Carey fantastic but she not she not fucking with Mary uh so uh listen homeboy of mine I'm gonna say that Ooh. I did this man's podcast we talked uh, and I've known him for a couple of years now, Talib Kweli. Oh. Uh, What's happening? Have... What's
0: happening with your boy then? What's happening? Because you're going <laughs> to preface it with, that's my boy. Well, what the fuck is happening?
1: <laughs> it's not about prefacing it with this. It's just about the fact that this has been going on for a long time. We have not addressed it on the podcast we have to discuss it on the podcast. We have to do it. Talib Kweli is, uh, in case you guys don't know, is a rap hall of famer to me. One half of Black Star. Um, one half of Reflection Eternal, some amazing work, and has is now, and has always been viewed by hip hop as one of the most revolutionary, intelligent, and politically active voices that the culture has had. That is what to live, complete career she's, <laughs> Rachel's going to sleep that's what Tilly Quilley's complete career has been based on it is quite possible almost certain that in the last week week and a half that Tilly has injured his reputation to a large degree uh, with a lot of people and a lot of fans of the culture a lot of people so, I'm giving you cliff notes on what went on and what has happened.
0: This is then also w- called a compliment <clears throat> sandwich. Go ahead, get to the meat of it.
1: It's not a compliment sandwich. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: it is because compliment. Now, let's get to the meat.
1: No, this and is And you're going to end of- up
0: ending this with another no, compliment. Go no, ahead.
1: No, th- no, I'm not. I'm not I'm being a honest thick with sandwich. you. Sandwich. I'm not being. I'm being <laughs> honest with you. I believe that when we are going to be critical, or go back to my thing with Kanye West. Remember the thing with me and Kanye West? What did I say to Kanye West? I said, you've earned everything that you've earned by being the genius that you are. Everything that you get, everything that you have, you've earned it. But brother, I believe is that when we're talking to each other, we got a podcast, we got to talk about these things. But you don't lead into as if the negative thing that the person did is the only thing that they've ever done. I not say that.
0: You just lead with the story.
1: Well, no. To me, you lead with who he is. Story. You lead with who he is. This is the story. Like our audience, our audience don't know to live Kuali, so they what they are gonna think is this is some kind of angry, terrible person that has done all of these things just recently. But it's important to let people know that there's a reason why people care.
0: This is what I would have done. I would have been like, you, you enjoy the story. You've seen, you see, you seen. No, you seen. To live Kuali trending. Kuali. To live Kuali trending. I'd say. There's a story that's out there right now. If you want to know more about him, just Wikipedia him. But let me tell you what he did starting July 6th. <laughs> that's exactly what I would do. So go that's ahead. fair. Talk that's,
1: about fair your no, that, that's fair, Rach. No, that's fair, Rach. No, that's fair. That's fair. What Lil' Cooley did was there was a, a, a tweet by a Twitter user um, named Maya Moody, and in this tweet, they were tweeting, um. I guess in response to someone saying that rappers only date white ladies or something like that. And they tweeted a list of rappers. Jay-Z, Papoose, Chance the Rapper, Bum B, 2 Chainz, Gucci Mane, light-skin T.I. Light-skinned
0: women. What, white Q. women and light-skinned women.
1: Well, that was what she said. So okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming the first thing had to do specifically with white, but I'm not sure. Okay. I, uh, LL Cool J, Kendrick Lamar, Ludacris, Paul Wall, J. Cole, Kevin Gates, Will Smith, Big Boy, Killer Mike, Ja Rule, Talib Met Method Man. All of those people are uh married to black ladies. Maya, um, Maya Moody came back and she said literally all of them are married to light skinned women, but that's a conversation for another day. Okay. Since then, Talib Kweli, at first it started it 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 turned into what those things typically turned in turned into, which is back and forth on Twitter. Talib is a very fierce guy on Twitter. He spends days and days going at Nazis and going at people from Eidos and just spending his time on it. The way I met him was because he was going back and forth, back and forth with a brother named Mosh Teray from Black Guns Matter. And I was trying to squash it between those two guys. Um, But they have completely different politics. I have completely different politics from Mosh. And so I could never get them on the same page, but they were just, nobody would ease up. And me and Tulip talked about that on this podcast. He took things too far with this sister, way too far, way too far, way too far. Uh, I actually, I I hit him on text like last week and I said, yo, bro, breathe. I'm like, just breathe, man. Just breathe. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that is because sometimes when we get caught up in whatever it is that we're caught up, especially as men, especially as men like himself who have made a career battling different rappers or being outspoken, we don't know when to kind of step outside of ourselves and take stock of the harm that we're doing and the power dynamic and the harm that we're doing. So, Lib told came back and told me, you "Now I had to re- re- reaffirm to him that, yo, you know, this is just me. I'm looking out for you, bro. Like, relax." He came back and he told me, "Can't relax." I'm being called this, I'm being called that because these, these this argument went to a bunch of different places, talked about whether or not he was faithful to his wife. It talked about allegations of his from things that had been done in the past that I guess I had never heard of or I didn't know about things that had been brought up and he felt like these attacks were so vicious and so pointed and so directed towards him that he had no choice but every day to kind of be on uh, this system. But there can never be a point, especially from powerful black men, um, never be a point to where we lose sight of what black women go through uh, to where even an argument or a disagreement with one of them turns into victimization. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of where I felt like this went. I felt like I- at a certain point, he he the back and forth went too far. He stayed on it too long. And... Now, they've actually, I think, taken away some of his Twitter posting privileges. So, it just ended up being... I he was
0: leaving a, Twitter. No?
1: Or, or maybe he left Twitter. I don't okay. know. But it ended up being a very, very ugly situation and it looked like a guy that's as powerful and as renowned as him that he just could not take his hooks out of this young sister.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't fully aware of this until, like, you brought it to my attention and then I started looking at it and... Uh- I couldn't even read because what should be noted is there were hundreds and hundreds of times that he tweeted at this young woman over the course of two weeks. I got exhausted trying to catch up and read the whole story. And to me, I thought, we're going to have to make this a damn section of the show. It's going to have to be a segment. This is another example of Black men disrespecting Black women and just taking it too far. I mean, I don't even think that her original tweet was that problematic. And for some reason, it struck a nerve with him. And I don't know why, you know, I don't know if there was a little bit of truth in it. I don't know if maybe he's been told this a number of times and he was like, you know what, this is it. This is enough. But the power and the platform that he has to take the time to respond to somebody who doesn't have that, all you did was fuel the fire. All you did was bring attention to it. If she had just tweeted this, it would have just gone into the ether and nobody would have paid any attention to it. You made it a bigger issue. You tweeting at her hundreds of times over two weeks made it worse than it needed to be. All because she said that you date a light skinned woman and she threw you into a a group of other rappers that do the same. I think that, okay, is it problematic that Maybe she or other people started to say some things that weren't true and he felt the need to defend himself. Absolutely. But he honestly started this entire battle and drew attention to it. And my thing also is how many times in the public eye do we not deal with criticism and trolls and judgment and untruths that are spewed toward us and you just ignore it and move on? If it gets to a certain level, then put out a statement and keep it moving. The problem is that you stooped down to a certain level when you could have just stayed where you are. And that's why I feel like he's so problematic in this. And I don't understand why he spent so much energy and taking it to a level of disrespect towards this young black woman. There was well, really no need to.
1: Yeah, she she alleges, she wrote a long letter she put out uh, some time ago. She alleges that uh, he has burner accounts that were doxing her, and that she was receiving threats. All of those things are things that um, I have no reason not to believe her about, but I can't say, but at the same time, I can't say that they're true. I don't know who right. has a burner account or who has other accounts that are working for them or anything like that. I looked into it, but there's no way to prove it definitively. What I do know is that when we have discourse with one another, and that's what I was attempting to do, in all seriousness, at the beginning of this, when we have discourse with one another, if even if the discourse is public, or excuse me, personal, if it's personal and public, if we love each other, right? If I'm looking at you and I'm like, yo, brother, I don't agree with you, but I don't think you're doing harm, so I can still love you. If I'm Mm -hmm. looking at you as I'm saying, sister, I don't agree with what you're saying, but you're not doing harm, so I love you. That has to come across in the way that we have discourse as well. That has to be, you have to be able to feel that. And I think in this situation, he lost that. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of people, watching it felt the exact same way and they were very vocal about it. So there were a lot more people that got caught up into this because there were a lot of people on Twitter trying to get him to take his foot off the gas pedal, trying to be get him to be a little bit more expensive. He said no. Now, when I talked to him about it, he said straight up, and he will say straight up, that he felt like he was being attacked. And anytime he felt like he, if he felt like he was being attacked, it feels like he has the right whether the person is man, woman, black, white, to defend himself, however viciously or aggressively against personal attacks and what he felt like were attacks on his family, as he as he feels the need to. So I mean, look, all I'm saying is, at a certain point, you know, I think there's a teachable lesson in here, uh, especially right now. Is whatever the case is, if it involves black women, especially. People are just—they're not standing up for what seems like to be right. harsh treatment, victimization, bullying, or roughing up of black ladies, and that's the way it should have always been. It's a yeah. shame that that that's just happening now. So, look, man, I'm gonna get it to live again. I let that cool off for a little while. I'm gonna right now publicly invite him because I've done his podcast. Publicly invite him to come on the podcast, discuss what was wrong and what was going on, but not just to live, but Maya. Yeah, um,
0: come on. I,
1: like, I, like, like, either one of them. Maybe...
0: I want to know how it I took maybe a Maybe both of them. Yeah. I need to understand where the turn happened. I know the original tweet, but where did it get to the point where there were attacks against his family? Not on either side when it comes to that. I just want to understand it in depth, how it went well, from zero to
1: 100. Well, what he feels like are attacks on his family is like she... She supposedly, she says in the letter, she supposedly, you know, talked about his wife specifically. And it did get to a point to where it was kind of like a Drake versus Pusha T muscling in battle where it was like, yo, you do this with this person. And have you been a good, well, all of that stuff. So that's way beyond the point. The point really is, is that there is no way that that tweet should have ever resulted
0: exactly. in this
1: much anime.
0: Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, that's that's really all you need to say, and you can put a period behind it. It should have never come to this. And yeah. I and I guess I'd defer more to to live that he should have handled it in a better way.
1: Yeah, man. Sad. Like I'm telling you, it's just, you know, we, there's this thing that my dad had, that my dad coined a long time ago. We've talked about it before on past podcasts. It's something that a lot of men suffer from, and I'm one of the worst sufferers of it. One of the worst sufferers of it. It's called dickhead momentum. Have we ever discussed this?
0: No, but they see it on every
1: podcast. Are they here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mm Dickhead. Dickhead momentum is the moment in an argument or a fight that you realize that you are, are wrong or that you have taken things too far and you choose to continue to stand in it anyway. Dickhead momentum. Like, you are arguing back and forth with your girl? You say a date. She says a date. You go, no. I told the fucking cable man to come on the 17th. She was like, no, it was the 18th. You know I got to work. Why would I tell him the baby, I'm telling you. And then she says, she shows you the right date. You have a choice in that moment. One choice is to be like, to do the hardest thing in the world, be like, Nah, I'm wild. I'm taking it too far, baby. right. (laughs) The other one is to be like, why do I fucking have to be talking to the cable man anyway? I work 19 hours a day. You can't just do that one thing for me. We almost always pick the ladder. (laughs) But, you know, and I don't know who had necessarily had it in this case, uh, but I do know that long before- Well,
0: that's why they need to come on and talk about
1: it. Right. Long before we got to where we were, I feel like Talib should have took his foot off the gas a long yeah. time ago. Um, you got
0: better things to do.
1: Yeah. Um, and so but, should
0: she, honestly.
1: But but we talked about a new Black Star album coming. Still excited for it. Uh, now. No, we ain't, um, but
0: see, see y'all? And there it is. <laughs> the compliment sandwich. There it no, went. He couldn't help no, uh,
1: no. <laughs> It's that, wrong. There it is. It's wrong. I'm just trying to I'm trying to navigate my life. You I, know, know, you know, I got you. You know what the I toughest you. thing is? The toughest thing is trying to navigate your life while this is this is and this is something I'm running into left and right. Hmm. I'm trying to navigate my life as an ally and at the same time not be pressured to throw people away wholesale nobody's asking you to throw people away. I know, I know, I know. I, I know people aren't, but in this time right now, it's a difficult thing to do because I really do want people to be able to take stock of the wrong and the harm that they are doing mm. and and try to come back and, you know, reconcile it. Mm. But what do you think about it, Michael Jackson? What about Michael Jackson? What happened? <laughs> huh? What? What happened? <laughs> Just bring that man up. That's crazy. That's crazy that that's... The, okay, that's crazy, though. Um, <laughs> Rachel, uh, what's your COVID status right now? You're negative or positive?
0: I assume it's negative.
1: You don't know, though. Have um, you taken a I, test? I've taken several tests.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, I, t- I, t- I take the test. I've been
0: told they're not as easy to get as they were before.
1: Maybe not, but I mean, here you do some other thing, you go to... The, but who, who knows? We don't know. We don't know who's negative I, or Everybody's
0: not able. I don't have the hookup that you have, Van.
1: But what we do know is that Major League Baseball is very close to having a significant COVID outbreak because one team has been knocked out of the park by COVID. That is the Miami Marlins, who have had 14 members, players and coaches, test positive for COVID-19. There was supposed to be a game that was happening later on today. This game has been postponed. They also postponed another game. Because one of the teams that was going to play, it was the Yankees and Phillies game. The Phillies, I guess, had used the visiting dugout at Marlins Park Stadium, whatever, Orange Field they got down there in Florida. And there's some fear that maybe the Phillies could have been contaminated or contaminated, could have been exposed to COVID as well. So I guess they all got to get tested. I guess the Yankees got to get tested. Then you got to decide whether or not they're going to play this baseball game. There's no bubble. We know that the NBA is down there in a bubble in Orlando. There's no bubble for Major League Baseball. These motherfuckers just going home and coming to the park (laughs) and playing baseball. So wasn't this inevitable?
0: I don't understand. This this is what's wrong with our country. So a couple of things with this. One, it's very sad. People were so happy baseball was back. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't
0: even think that they really paid attention to the protocols that were in place for baseball players. They were just happy to have it back. Well, here you go. I mean, sports is supposed to be such a distraction from everything that's happening right now in the world, and now COVID is infiltrating baseball, and it's a harsh reality that this disease is not going anywhere. Another thing, one thing is for sure that you can always depend on is that people will disappoint you every single time. They will let you down. And that's what baseball has done. Baseball hasn't done a a bubble like Major League Soccer and the National Basketball Association, and women have done. They have left it into the hands of these organizations and players. So what do you think is going to happen? And of all places, Miami and another part of that story is that Miami, correct me if I'm wrong. They knew that they had players that tested positive, not, not 14 at that point, but they knew that they had tested positive and they still decided to play in a game. That's nuts. And that is where we are right now. No, so that's, that's what you're dealing with right here. The fact that people knew that they were positive, a team did, and still decided to play and not only put their players in jeopardy, but also decided to put another team in jeopardy. And this is very telling as to what is happening right now in our society and what is to come. Football. We're approaching August. Normally at this time, we'd be getting, actually training camp would be going on right now. We'd yeah. be preparing for practice or the scrimmages. And then we'd, we'd be preparing for the season. This is very telling. Football does not have a bubble. Collegiate teams do not have a bubble for their fall sports. They are watching this right now and baseball is setting a precedent. I'm telling you guys right now, we are not going to have football. Because the moment that you have COVID cases, you have to shut everything down. Dr. Fauci has come out and said the only way professional sports can work or even collegiate is if there is a bubble. Some leagues took that to heart and some didn't. And the ones that didn't, we're seeing the fallout for it now. But I also think it's bigger than sports. It's very sad that this is basically what our everyday lives are going to be. It's not just about baseball. It's not just about sports in general. This goes for school. You're watching what's happening in baseball. How do you control this in school? You kids go home. They do God knows what, whether it's in the home or outside of the home, and then they come back to school. And they can contract this disease and spread it to teachers, to other students who go back and spread it into their homes. Work life, going into an office, the exact same thing. This is our life right now. And baseball is an example and is setting a precedent to how things are going to be until we get a vaccination and we get things under control. And it's truly a sad thing Cause it was like it's, it was all good just a week ago, man. It
1: was. It opened at night. Everybody was excited. Every it was it was so bizarre to watch actual sports happening on ESPN. I, I, it comforted me for some reason. Twenty twenty is just a year of zero comfort. Oh. For whatever for for whatever reason we're supposed to be uncomfortable this year. We're walking around with uncomfortable shit on our faces where like we're we're surrounded by death and and dysfunction and at ease and loneliness and anger. and we don't even have brunches to get it off our <laughs> chest.
0: And you wonder why I bring a glass of wine to every podcast.
1: Uh, You know (laughs) what I'm saying? All it is going on and they took our mimosas. So (laughs) for some reason, we're just supposed to be uncomfortable. The minute that I'm watching people play baseball and I start to go, wow, comfortable, normalcy. No, the universe snatches me right back into the moment and goes, keep your eye on the ball. So I'm not sure what the message is. But I do know one message that should be getting in Major League Baseball is that coronavirus is serious. Mm COVID-19 is not bullshitting. And if you're going to do this and you're going to make things safe, you have to do more than outlawing high fives and (laughs) sunflower seeds. Like, that's not going to work. They have to figure something else out. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get this figured out, but I do know that I saw something earlier today that said there are no plans to stop the entire league like what the NBA did in mid-March. They said, no, these games are going to go on. They weren't expecting to not have an outbreak at some point. So I guess there are protocols and contingency plans.
0: No, there aren't.
1: Based around it, I guess there are.
0: Postponing games, which is what's happening right now with the Yankees game. That's what they're going to do. They're just going to postpone games until there's another outbreak and then you postpone that game to the point where you keep postponing games and there's nobody to play.
1: Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Hopeful that sports can return in some sort of way, but also if they don't, who cares at this point? If they don't, who cares? It's nice that the NBA is having success. We didn't even talk about Lou Williams going to Magic City for the for the lemon pepper wings.
0: I died when I heard people talking about this. They're like, so apparently he went for some wings. Everybody knows strip clubs have the best wings. It, they got it, the best wings. That's that period. They got the best music and they right. got the best wings. Period. And
1: somet- sometimes you like the wings because you don't know. When you eat the wings, there could just be just a little titty juice in them. Well, you, you just know what I mean? ruined it for me. Well, I'm saying just every time I'm you not take a bite, titty
0: sweat on my wings.
1: Every time you take a bite okay. of strip club food, you're wondering, no, is there <laughs> just a little bit of that's ass called juice? wishful thinking?
0: For all a those little who have never ass had, juice. no, for all those who have never had food you know I mean? at the strip club,
1: it right. doesn't
0: even get near the strippers. You don't unless know that you have unless well, you, you have them that. already at your table when you you're eating know that.
1: it. I bet, charge, bet food, I, bet charge, I bet you could charge, <laughs> I bet you could charge Strippers ain't making the food, Van. Strippers ain't making the food. I bet you could charge extra. I bet you could get, you could put, you could get fries with truffle ass juice.
0: So, like hot sauce.
1: Like, like yeah, let me get like, a stop. You, know, you know how of. you get, you get the, no, you put it right on the fries. You know how you get the truffle, truffle oil? You could get truffle ass oil on your fly. It tastes good, but anyway, all right, so we are done. Okay.
0: <laughs> Do you realize the progression of this episode? To go, we go, we start on such a high. Like, mm-hmm. we start up here, and then we get down here. Like, we ended on, like, to live quality level. You know what I'm saying?
1: We took it down Whoa. to
0: that notch. Whoa. Nobody's I, ever going to come on our show.
1: I, <laughs> I'm, I'm No, I'm, I'm telling you, that man going to get on your ass, man. Like, you gonna
0: ever gonna you're gonna, come
1: on our you're gonna show. get the smoke you don't do that brother like that man to look well, a lot in his away career. from
0: what he's done i understand the music i understand i understand what he represents but i'm talking about him in the now sorry Where? it is what it is all right and I, I actually respect him for his music a lot and what he brings to the table and how he's like if i played if i was banking my success off of being played on the radio i'd have a daytime job i get all of that and i love a conscious rapper i get it I'm talking about the now. Wow. We'd uh, love to have you come on the show.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we are out of here, Thought Warriors. Take your thinking caps off, but do not stop thinking. I am Van Lathan.
0: I'm Rachel Lindsay.
1: Till next time.